philosophy. Oh yeah, it's my fault now. It yeah. still sounds. You, it I still sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's asked you a lot. I've heard it be asked a couple times. Hand him three or four. What are we doing? Are you being stingy? You d- if you're gonna yell at me, do it. What? If you're gonna yell at me, do it. Put put them all over here. Yeah. What? Why put is the, the case. American honey? Hey, with the case. Why are we not doing shots? Did you get the glasses? The shot glasses? The, the, the glasses. <laughs> That's true. I did not get the glasses. Did you get the glasses? <laughs> I did not get Welcome to this week's episode of Every Good Boy Does Fine, the weekly podcast where we touch on music's past, its present, and where it's going. My name is Daniel, along with my co-host Greg and our rotating panel of guests. We'll seek to relay interesting news, history, and healthy dose of our own opinions, for better or worse. Greg, how you doing this week? I'm not doing too bad. Uh, Just went to a comedy show last night, so feeling like I got all my laughs out. You're you're feeling sharp. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to go around and introduce the room here real quick. We have a uh, packed house tonight, so we're going to make it quick intro. So first up, we have Jim. How we doing? And next up, we have Judy. I'm back, baby. <laughs> nice to have you back. And then to my left, we have Ryan. How's it going, guys? And then the shy guy in the corner, like always, Logan. Hola. All right, so... Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to start doing a quarterly album review. So with this being the first one of 2023, we're covering albums that have released within the months of January, February, and March so far. And we're just going to kind of give our thoughts on it, our reviews, what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it. And to start things off, uh, we're going to actually come back to Logan because he had a couple that he really wanted to talk about. All right. So start off, Hoodie Allen. Released a new album called Bub. His last album, I believe, was in 2019. Um, This album's a lot more advanced than what he normally puts out. I would classify it as frat rap. And it's like, good time. Everybody laughs. He he makes jokes in his raps. Yeah. They're they're always really enjoyable. This album, however, was right after a serious relationship ended. And it takes like a darker turn. That makes a lot of sense because I I listened to this album and uh, I knew he was going into something different from his previous work but i didn't know any of the backstory behind it and now that makes a lot more sense with the style that it was so it's like sad frat rap no it's not quite frat rap it's honestly it's a lot more mature so he's graduated yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, he's graduated from from the frat house so that that he also paid off and now he's working in an office and he's sad there well he actually used to work at google and he gave that up to become hoodie allen as a rapper he had laid off in that big round a couple years ago (laughs) <laughs> it's also it has a lot more like rock influence oh, like okay. kind of like feel to it at least for me that's how i took it it was like sad boy rock yeah i was gonna say he he really stepped out of his his normal genre with this one and kind of did a little bit of uh experimenting kind of like a lot of those younger rappers are kind of doing that now where they're doing this like subgenre thing where they're like uh i'm gonna come out with like a pop punk album now and it's funny because when I was younger, I hated that kind of thing. Yeah. I hated when they branched out and did like things that I wasn't like, if I listen right. to fallout boy, I want 
Fallout Boy. I don't want to right, experiment. Right. Yeah. But the older I get, the more I like when they branch out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think ultimately for me, it was what MGK wanted his punk rock album to be, or like whatever it was. I think Hoodie Island did it better. Okay, number one, how dare you? And you're not going to disgrace Machine Gun Kelly in my presence. Number two, I didn't listen to this album, nor do I really know who Hoodie Allen is. I just Googled him and Smash. So that's all I really have to say. But yeah, the vibes for the whole album were rainy day, honestly. Yeah. Like most of his album is summer vibes, windows down, Mm -hmm. and it's rainy day or like late night music. It was really enjoyable for me. Is there a standout song? Um... No, not from. I honestly, I liked all of them. They were they flowed really well together, and the order that he put them in, I think it flowed really nicely from one to the next. Hmm. All right, and then what was the uh, next one you had up? So next, I have Emerosa. Uh, they released an album called Sting. Their last album, I believe, was also in 2019. And Emerosa was one of those bands I discovered right after high school because of Johnny Craig. He's been in mm-hmm. a ton of different bands because he's a problem right. child. But that's how I discovered Emerosa. And they moved on, got a new lead singer. And when they first released the album after Johnny Craig, it was still kind of the same post-hardcore type of band. But since then, they've gone more like 80s pop synth. Mm. And I, okay. And it, again, a, it, gives you, everybody at this point. it gives you that <laughs> summer windows down vibe. And I really, really enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. See, that's one I didn't get a chance to listen to before recording this, Um, but I definitely think I I need to check that out. Preach attention. Yeah. It's literally just about wanting attention. Okay. Because the whole 80 synth thing, um, it really has to be done right for me or else it really angers me. I I agree. I don't know what it is about that era of music, but it fucking gets to no me when, these, when these songs come on i feel like bigfoot in a goofy movie i just start the shoulders go it's great i love it <laughs> goofy movies good times that's that is summer music <laughs> and then the last album that i wanted to cover was all time low's new album mm. oh, okay all time low was probably my favorite band in high school mm-hmm. and then they released um so wrong it's right and yeah. that had you know the iconic Dear Maria, Count Me In. Right, right. Uh, Remembering Sunday is probably a top five song for me. Mm, Since then, okay. I've maybe liked three songs. I oh, think wow. they've gone okay. horribly downhill. And e- even uh, even from... was wait. I know Weightless was a song, but was Weightless it, a, a, an album as it well? It was an album. It yeah. was right after that, and that's, I think, the, the, the start of the decline. The start of the decline there? Yeah. Okay. There was a few songs on Weightless that I enjoyed, but yeah, n- none of them hit like yeah. the party scene or... Mm-hmm. So wrong, it's right. Right. And once I listened to this album, all I could think about was not high school musical, but a musical that takes place during high school. Okay. Like a lot of the way he's singing, it reminded me of like just a whiny high school kid. Okay. And I, I hated it. So and like- there was very like jumps that would you would think were like it was from a play or something and i, yeah. I just uh it rubbed me the wrong way so like zach okay. o- zach efron's in your head then. no not no because it wasn't high school musical vibes it, it was sounded like musical, high school musical vibes. Vibes. Like no school it's not vibes. not zach efron okay and not vanessa hutchins bless her soul <laughs> it was <laughs> it was more people trying to do a musical that were in high school okay they were trying to I be see. zach efron and vanessa hutchins but it wasn't the same vibe it was just ugh. Kind of icked. Yeah, gave you the ick. Did you ick? 
Also, isn't it the whole concept of High School Musical? They're teens trying to make... Yeah, I think you misunderstand High School Musical. No, yeah, I, I understand really High School Musical. Maybe it was the time that High School Musical came out and the age that I was, but I enjoyed some of those songs. Some of them, yes, were very, like, play-drawn, were pushing the story along through music, but I, when I'm listening to an album that isn't part of a movie, I don't want to hear that. Mm. Mm. So you may not like one of the albums I have a lot of good things to say about later then. <laughs> Probably not. No, there was one song called Sleepwalking, I believe. Sleepwalker, Sleepwalking. Oh, yeah, Sleepwalking. Yeah, yeah. And I liked like it, number four. but I believe that was just their radio to try to get on the radio. Uh, See, I, I thought that they they should have went with the song before that, um, Are You There? I think that would have been a better promo song for the album. It was really uh, it was way catchier and I don't know the sleepwalker one like once again it had a little bit of the like electronic like synth thing in it so it kind of started rubbing me the wrong way when it started I liked it (laughs) it made me start moving (laughs) but then like halfway through it I got bored and I turned yeah yeah yeah. all right and then um there was there was one uh I, I don't know if it's technically classified as a uh a full studio album um, but there was one that me and you were talking about before about a kind of a a lesser known artist, uh, Connor Price. Connor Price, yeah, um, in the he, Globe. Yeah, he had an interesting uh, idea for an album where he uh, on his TikTok page would spin a globe and stop it with his finger, and then find a rapper from that country to collab with him on a song. So each song is just like a different rapper around the world, and it. it they for the most part they were pretty good yeah i liked I was, it because I was surprised the for, genre of rap that he went with was yeah more towards whatever that country was popular for yeah so yeah all the songs sound completely different and then the yeah. last song on the album was all of them combined on one track yeah it was really cool um it, yeah it's it's a it's a very short listen it's about uh i think uh eight tracks if i'm not if i'm not mistaken um with the eighth track being the the full collab of everybody together um and it it was pretty good it, it it's not you know a standout like greatest thing ever type of thing but it was just like a fun little like project that someone who isn't that big was like meh we'll we'll do this and I, like, I liked the experiment yeah exactly if you yeah. classify it as an experiment and not yeah. like you're trying to make money I really really enjoyed it right well, it yeah sounds like a very lengthy pro- uh, project if he's like trying to find yeah I would assume it probably took some kind of oh, yeah. some time I I, uh, I saw like a uh, some of his explanation about it where. Um, it wasn't that he would just pick a random artist from it. Like when his finger hit the country, he would then like do like days of research into all sure, the like yeah. because he he didn't he yeah. didn't want to pick a uh, like someone that was already established. He wanted uh, to pick someone that was trying kind to of make up and coming. So yeah. is he digging yeah. through like SoundCloud accounts? And yeah, stuff at that yes, point? he, yeah. Yeah. he okay. mentioned that he used a lot of SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he had to do the research of like what rap that country had, and mm-hmm. then what rappers they mm-hmm. had. Was yeah, there a which lot, ones yeah. would probably sound good with him, I'm sure. Sure, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I definitely didn't listen or know about the album at all, but what were so were there a lot of like almost kinda like genre differences between the songs as far as like like region like where the people were coming from? I, I wouldn't necessarily say genre difference. It would just be more of how he would uh structure the instrumental. Uh, so uh countries where it was is a little more like DJ dependent and everything, like he kinda had more of that one and two beat behind okay. it where they're like Oh, we have a special guest coming in. Everyone say hello to Caleb. Welcome, bitch. <laughs> 
<laughs> For the listeners out there, we just had Caleb come in. Uh, he decided to join us on this episode. Caleb, how you doing? I'm doing great, but uh, I'm going to defend myself here. I knew I was going to be a little late, <laughs> and then I put in our group text, I said, what's the status? And all I heard was, we're setting up, and then Ryan said, figure it out. And then no one answered for an hour. So I just kind of assumed you had started without me. So, so you I took, didn't figure it so out. So I then. took yeah, my it time. Like it, it sounds like I didn't. So he I said, took, he I said, took my time. Figured it out. Yeah, so exactly. You did you not figure it, figure it out. out. Yeah, that's true. Have you figured it out yet? Well, I'm here, so. Okay. Mm. About two hours and 35 minutes late. Yeah, yeah. But it's fine. <laughs> I'm also here, and I haven't figured anything out. So, <laughs> so Caleb, sen- uh, since you're late, we're going to put you on the spot real quick. With this being the album review episode, what's the first album that you want to talk about? Um, well, I, I can do, if I go by my list, we can do Corn. Okay. The first one I listened to. All right. Nice. I'll, I'll let you take the lead on it. All right. So, yeah, the first one I listened to was the Corn Requiem Mass Deluxe Edition. Uh, the deluxe edition was the one on uh, Apple Music, anyway. Uh, so I was, I've been a big corn fan. Well, not a huge corn fan, but corn was like one of the. It's corn. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how far we were gonna get in the corn's album before someone made the fucking kid joke reference, and I'm so upset. It was three seconds in. I'm surprised it took that long. Yeah, I'm supposed to go. That long. Yeah, I think Judy was pulling the mic over and I beat her. I 100. I 100 was like, oh man, corn kids gotta show up. I'm a big, I'm a little corn guy. When I tried it with butter, wow. everything changed. So it turns out I didn't even listen to Corn the Band. I just listened to that song. <laughs> oh, he dropped an album? <laughs> oh, shucks. He just listened to that video on repeat and was like, this album's kind of fire. It's kind of the same song over and over again, yeah, but yeah. production's great, though. Uh, well, I guess Corn the Band. Um, Be specific. They- I, I, that was one of the original bands, at least for me, and I feel like a lot of people who are into metal, hard rock, one of the core two was Corn and Slipknot, at least 100%. for me. Yeah, so that was middle school. <laughs> yeah, that's a while ago. Well, that's what that's kind of what I was thinking going into this. I was like, their original first couple albums, uh, uh, Follow the Leader, Issues, uh, and See You on the Other Side. That was ninety eight, ninety nine, and oh five. That was when I was listening to Corn. That was I mean, that was the biggest, their biggest songs, in my opinion, uh, kind of fell off after that for me. Uh, I still listen to some of their stuff, but I didn't religiously be like the new corns out. I got to listen to it. Uh, so that's why I wanted to jump on this one. I just got, I have a few notes. It was nine songs, so not a big album. Uh, and I felt like it had a little bit of their old school vibe. Um, okay. It is still a little different. I think my biggest criticism with a lot of their recent stuff and especially this album was there's nothing that jumps out at you and you're like that's going into my rotation like that's on repeat mm, for a little I bit agree. and i need to listen to it you know so that that I, I guess that's my overall opinion of it solid album you know if you put it on in the car someone's like hey i got the new corn album let's listen to it I'd be like all right sure but i wouldn't hate it if we switched somewhere in between you know it was okay. Um, I still love Jonathan Davis's voice. Uh, iconic, really. Um, just so overall, decent album. Uh, some solid songs, but are we are we working out to this album or? I you could does it go it, that it's, hard or it's it's decently heavy. It's like I said, it's got some old school corn vibes to it. So I you could feel easily like it's kind of slow for that. 
Yeah. Depends on what kind of workout you're doing, maybe. <laughs> really grinding through. I, I work out to some slow songs, so... <laughs> Sounds so, like I will so, work out too. So, it. the question I have, because I know when I went to listen to the Requiem Mass section of this this album, because it's like the it's deluxe, like the live. And so, did you know it was a live version before you listened? I didn't. No, and I didn't. So, like, I started listening to it, and I was like, I was like, man, Jonathan Davis has really scaled back. Like, because usually he's got a heavy use of like doubling and like a lot of effects on his voice. I was like, man, he's like really scaled back these days. And then I realized I'm an idiot. It's a live album, and uh, he's actually he's, he's singing very well like the entire yeah. time for for having done it this long and like singing in a new metal band. Like, you can wreck your voice really quickly. Yeah, you hear a lot of the guys oh, yeah. who have been doing it for years can't do it live anymore. Mm-hmm. And he's actually really clean for this entire recording. And the whole yeah. band is really, yeah, yeah. So I was the exact same way. I, the first, so it's nine songs, and then this new one adds five to the top, mm-hmm. and they're all the Requiem Mass versions, which I guess is the live recording of it. Yeah, and you start listening, and you're like, wait a minute, this sounds. <laughs> they they awful. clap at the end. You're like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> this is awfully yeah, live it's sounding. Definitely, it's definitely live, yeah. Because the album was actually the original one was actually released last year, yeah. and then they re-released it with those five new songs this year. Did you happen to check out the live footage at all? No, I did not. So I I checked it out. So this was done. It was a three hundred person performance. So it was done in front of. It was done in a church. So it was done in the Hollywood United Methodist Church, um, and with the backdrop and like the the red lighting and the organ in the background and everything else. It was actually like metal as fuck, like the whole thing. <laughs> it was pretty cool. I'm um, not gonna lie. Um, I love anytime there's uh, been concert venues that have just like refurbished old churches because yeah. one, they're set up already for, just for having great acoustics, mm-hmm. and oh, course, two, yeah. Yeah. there's just something satisfying to me about a church being just like, like, uh, what's a good word for it, like depraved into like being a rock venue i I think this is i think this is like a church is being used they just agreed to it It was also it was a it was a in memoriam for okay um it was it was almost like a a loss of like COVID 19 victims Uh, so it was done with like a purpose the church like fully knew what was going on as far as like corn performing ah okay it's also a methodist church in los angeles so i'm sure like they're pretty uh you know progressive in reference to the the church venue there's a place in Pittsburgh called Mr. Uh-huh. Smalls. Oh yeah, uh-huh. Mr. Smalls. Cool. I yeah. Love, I've, I've been to Mr. So Smalls. many concerts there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we saw last podcast on the left there, which oh, is yeah. it ironic. Cool, yeah. I feel like it yeah. was, but yeah, that would be. Yeah. Also, I was gonna say, even if the church was on board with that, the acoustics sound like they were probably still amazing. <laughs> the acoustics were amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we love a church. Yeah, I I uh I saw uh, a couple ska bands there, mm. so like it was just perfect for all the horn sounds. Because usually, like with horns, like certain venues they just don't sound good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you, I you need something specific for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Craig's a big horn guy, really horny horn. over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, did you have anything else to add to the corn album, or are we moving on to the next? I'd say it was as good as you'd expect it to be. I mean, yeah. Jonathan Davis is a uh, staple as as far as the metal yep. scene goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. as far as produce, he's huge into production at this point. I mean, he's brought right. on a lot of new bands. Uh, the sound was always going to be good. Um, so I think, I mean, it turned out as well as anything else they do. Yeah, yeah. I think they're far removed from their heyday, but yeah. they're still a solid band to listen to. Definitely. Yeah. 
All right, and then next we're going to uh, switch it up a bit genre-wise, and we're going to cover uh, Miley Cyrus's album. Um, only fitting, seeing as we dedicated almost a whole episode to just one song before. Um, so we're going to go over the album. We won't spend too much time on Flowers, since, like I said, we have an episode where we just deep dive and uh, broke it apart with all the references and everything. But I'm going to kick it over to Judy for what she thought about it. Well, first of all, this album's 10 out of 10. As a breakup album person, myself, two of the greatest albums of all time are Melodrama by Lord and then Rumors mm. by Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Like, top-notch kiss, 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 kiss. Um, so, Endless Summer's Vacation is the name of Miley's album. I did not do any research on this. I'm right. just a pop culture person. I'm a, yeah, yeah. I'm a listener of my, I'm a, Miley Cyrus Stan. I've been with her since <laughs> Hannah Montana days. I watched all of it, even though I was too old to be watching it at the time. <laughs> So, but I feel right at home here talking about my girl Miley. Um, this album essentially is about her breaking up, but then also reflecting on positive things that happened, mm-hmm. negative things that yeah. happened, things that she wished could have happened, right? Things right. that she still wants to happen, but also empowering herself to move forward. I don't have no notes, Miley. No notes on my yeah. I was going to say, like, there there was a few, uh, like, ballad-style songs on there that I was like, I cannot wait till she gets asked to perform at one of the big, uh, like, music venues or something, like, award shows and stuff, because if, if she slows that down and just does, like, her and the microphone, like, straight on with the crowd, like, it can be, like, super powerful performances. Yeah. As a person whose parents were in the hair bands, I'm a sucker for a good ballad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She has this run song that I really like. I mean, this is my opinion. It's called Rose Colored Glasses, and it's literally just her reflect. And she also has this, oh, first of all, I'm just going to rant here. She has a song that's just called You, and she's just like, everything's better with you. I like doing mm, this, but it's better yeah. with you. And I like doing this, yeah. and it's better with you. And it's on and on. It's a whole song. And it is so emotional because, like, everybody knows her mm. breakup was incredibly public. Yeah. And people know yeah. details that they shouldn't. So it's like reflecting on that relationship and people know the toxicity and how awful it was, but then still being like, I glorify this and I romanticize this is so relatable. And I feel like it reaches a new mm, group of people that maybe other breakup albums don't reach. Right. If yeah. that makes sense. No. Yeah, I get that. I I, I feel like everyone knows River, Flowers. They're on the radio right now. I think she'll probably have several singles from this album. What do you think the next single is? Because Rivers is out right now, right? That's like the big one rotating. Oh, I don't. I mean, I don't know. It's whatever she chooses. It's always the songs that I want them to release never become the singles. Like well, the ones that okay, are the yeah, best yeah. are not the ones the artist has. Like Taylor Swift, Shake It Off. For what reason? We're not getting into that today. <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about that today. Thank you. Don't even start. <laughs> don't start. Don't start. So she's actually doing a, a pretty interesting thing with this album, too, ever since she released it. She's slowly releasing herself doing live performances mm-hmm. of, of each song. Oh. Um, and she's not, like, changing it up a lot, but, like, some of them she is doing more of, like, an acoustic setting with, with the background music and everything. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm cu- curious to see how many of these songs she actually, like, gets out there hitting, like, billboard lists and everything. Well, that's what, here's the thing. You can always just, like, window Miley Cyrus down to just her voice, and it's going to be successful, and it's going to be gorgeous, it's going to be beautiful, because her voice is so unique, and it's what makes her iconic. So I think any of her music with just her voice, without all the bells and whistles, is still going to bang, just as much as, like, the tracks that she... As a person who doesn't normally listen to Miley, I'm just going to agree with you, because be, I, I don't listen to Miley, but I can tell you 100% that she has a, a voice box on her. 
girl can sing. Yeah. yeah. So I respect it whether I listen to her or not. I've always said the same thing about Adele. <laughs> like, I'm not into yeah. Adele music, but I'm, I'm not going to bang. Like, she has really good music. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Lyrical voice. Oh, yeah. yeah it's not sure. my genre, but yeah, you can't deny that, that she has a voice. Oh, yeah. And the thing about Miley Cyrus is when you hear her voice, you're like, that's Miley Cyrus. You never think it's anybody else. It's because say, so. so it's... I think that that's a quality that people look for right. in Miley because there's still that comfort of like listening to that artist that you love, but she's grown so much and she's doing something different all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then uh, we're going to get into our next album here. Um, Daniel, I want to uh, throw it back to you for, uh, did you take a listen to the Smashing Pumpkins at all? I did. I did try and climb through yeah the part two of of billy corgan's you know uh, he's calling it the the rock opera in three acts so um the first layer of this was released back in i want to say november of 22 and then this uh the second part was released at the end of january so it's, it's a three-part album i think the third part's due in april uh i'm pretty sure smashing pumpkins at this point is just billy corgan I think the original band doesn't isn't in the lineup. I mean, anybody can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure it's just Billy Corgan at this point. I wouldn't have known any other band member other than Billy Corgan. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. originally the original lineup was. I mean, they've gone on to do a lot of other things. I mean, everybody in the band's pretty famous in other other uh, areas at this point. But I think at this point it's just Billy Corgan. Uh, so <laughs> to really get under uh, Greg's skin, most Uh-oh. of the album was heavy eighty synth. Uh, so much, synth. so much to the fact that if if I ever get into screenwriting, which is nearly inevitable, I think at this point, uh, and I have to write a backdrop for an '80s era high school movie uh, where there's a dance there, this entire album be, could be the soundtrack to a high school dance. See, I would probably hate the album on its own then, because this is also one I didn't listen to, and. I already know that my brother's probably going to beat my ass for not listening to this. He's going to be very angry at me. But yeah. uh, um, there, the synth stuff like that, though, I can appreciate when it is adapted well into film. No. If so, it's yeah. in the correct setting and everything. So like it could, that. yeah. Like I said, if this was used as a score for something, I mm-hmm. think it'd be a really good album. Otherwise, yeah. musically, I mean, he's he's good at what he does. I mean, he's been doing it for a very long time. The mm-hmm. arrangements are great. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the guitar work that he does is solid. His tone's amazing. He's been doing the same thing for, you know, since originally when Smash Pumpkins first came out. Yeah. Um, I know I was, cause I was confused last year when YouTube, social media in general started feeding me Billy Corgan interviews. And I was like, why is this happening? And then he dropped the first part of this album. So it made mm, a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. but so I, I'm not a huge Smashing Pumpkins person. Like, if it comes right. on the radio, I won't turn it off. Right, yeah, uh, yeah. But I think where this album suffers is where a lot of Smashing Pumpkins suffers. One is Corgan's voice. It's mm. isolating. It's either okay. you love it or you hate it. It's very mm. Bob Dylan-y in that, like, it is, it's it's uh, polarizing, almost, I'd say. And then the other thing I noticed while I was listening to it is you get this effect where you hear a song and you think, man, that sounds cliche. And then you have to then retrack and say, well, the reason it sounds cliche is because 20 years ago, he influenced every other band that made it cliche, and he's just redoing that. 
So like he's reusing things that he did before or have been like come off of what he influenced originally. And so some of the songs end up with this feeling of being cliche because of that. Right. But otherwise, I mean, solid. I'll, I'll be interested to see what part two, part three does. Cause I typically right. listened to part one and two at the same time, kind of ran through the whole thing, mm-hmm. which was long. Good God. It was long. It's definitely yeah. a rock opera. Like he's not, yeah. he's describing it accurately there. Hmm. All right, and then to go on to our next one, uh, one that I think a lot of us here listen to, um, and I thank anyone that listened to it because it took a very long time to get through. Oh. <laughs> uh, and the listeners out there probably know who I'm talking about. That would be Morgan Wallen's album. Um, I'm going to just let it, this pass around the room before I give my opinions on it um, because – if the, any listeners out there didn't listen to this album, um, it is a 36-song album. This should have been split into three albums, but he said, nah. Deal with it. <laughs> exactly. Was that the accent he said it in? Yes. Okay. So I guess I'll probably go first since okay. I didn't listen Somewhere to hardly. Else. I listened to maybe four or five songs of this before I got bored. 36 is way too much. Yeah, it's yeah. like starting a new series when you know there's nine seasons already. I wasn't prepared for it. I'm, you lost me. What I did notice was that he took it back yes. to like I was country, really more hoping, country roots, yeah. and so I appreciated that. I think it, the th- the thirty six songs just kind of did me in for. That's about it. All I got. Yeah. So uh, the, just to build on that, uh, before I hand it off to Caleb here, um, I figured you would actually really enjoy this, and that's why I I think I actually texted you and was like, "Hey, you need you need to check this album out because." I was like, it is the old 90s country feel, and that's what me and you really get into when it comes to country yeah, music. Yeah, and so I, tur- I turned it on immediately, and I loved the first two songs on the album. And then after that, I think I think I just got overwhelmed, uh, honestly. Okay. It wasn't that the songs were bad. I enjoyed what I listened to. It yeah. just it was overwhelming. I, I, think, I think what helped me actually uh, um, absorb all of the album was I kind of broke it up. And was listening to like six to ten songs in a, in a time, going and doing something, coming back to it, going and doing something, coming back to it. So it kind of gave me that like little bit of a break so that I could like fully be like into the songs as they were playing. I probably should have done that, but I'm kind of an all or nothing guy. So yeah, yeah. once I got bored with it, it yeah, probably yeah. never going to listen to it again. Because yeah. I know everything I really enjoy, I have to pace myself to get through it. Yeah, so that that's my original thoughts. There's like 36 songs is insane but i don't know yeah. if you guys noticed um that most of his songs were about two minutes 30 seconds to a little over three minutes yeah. so they're actually pretty short songs so you can nail through them pretty quickly but still 36 songs is yeah, uh, yeah. just a whole lot so uh one of the things i was not really a big morgan wallen fan originally um and i think it's just because he was too popular mm-hmm. and I don't know. I'm just kind of sometimes I'm with I'm not with things if a lot of people are mm, and mm-hmm. just Morgan Wallen blew up. Right. So I was like, he can't be that good. Right. So, I mean, I, I gave this album a chance and I got to say I was very impressed. Um, like you said, there's some old school feel to it. I thought the overarching theme was definitely heartbreak. Um, a lot of his yeah. songs were about yeah. heartbreak. Oh, yeah. Uh and I looked into some of the stuff because I was actually impressed. I was decently impressed with some of the lyrics and some of the wordplay. Um, and I can get into some of that in a second. But I had to look it up because I was like, is this guy actual 
the actual lyrical wordsmith or is it someone else? Mm-hmm. Writer, yeah. So he he wrote he co-wrote 14 out of the 36 songs. So okay. he had a hand in some of them. Yeah. Um but just like you know you're listening and I'm tr- I'm trying to give the lyrics a chance too, right? To let it all tie in. So I know there's a couple songs um the first one was the devil don't know and there was a lyric in there and it said uh, what's keeping me up at what's keeping me up at night is knowing what's keeping you up at night and it was about a breakup with a girl right mm-hmm. so it he just kind of hits you you're like oh damn like mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of people have probably felt that in their lives right or another song called the 98 braves uh, oh. who actually lost the world series yeah i, I love and the wordplay on yeah, that song. he yeah. said something yeah. about he's like we had the whole town believing it's about a girl we had the whole town believing something uh but just like the 98 braves we left without a ring that season and uh just something like that and you're yeah. just like okay okay yeah. <laughs> that that was that was probably my biggest uh thumbs up to this album was a few episodes back you heard me shitting on Luke Bryan because of what he's doing the country music and what he's making the norm of. And I realized um, after editing that episode, I never actually got to my point of why I was so furious with Luke You're just Bryan. mad. I was just, just mad. Just pointless anger. And then you guys made me defend one of his songs, so I was just confused with myself as oh, okay. well. But my are, are you unfiltered rec- anger? Are yeah. you recanting? Yeah. No, I'm not recanting. I'm I'm just he's still he's still terrible for for the country industry. But I'm gonna actually finish that thought real quick though. Is that I hate that he went away with his popular style from just using bud buzzwords, and he stopped actually using wordplay and like like creative and clever lyrics. It was just here's how I can use these buzzwords and sentences, and let's you know print it fuck it Mm -hmm. i don't care whereas like this album like he actually went back to that 90s style telling stories through the song using wordplay on everything that he was talking about and i really i i didn't i wasn't like a fan of morgan wallen or anything before this album but i I actually kind of like him now yeah i feel like i agree with that um a lot of his songs will make it into my rotation if you know you're in a certain vibe where you're feeling Mm -hmm. some country music I think the biggest, my biggest complaint, obviously, besides the number of songs, is I also felt like at the end of the album, and maybe I just had some fatigue from listening to 36 songs, but <laughs> the last, yeah, well, the last, the first 20 to 25 songs were good, and I just felt mm-hmm. like the last 10, 15-ish, they just kind of crammed a bunch of songs in there, like they're all forgettable. Okay, first of all, Last Night is one of those last 10 songs, and it's been on repeat last in, night is track number two in, yeah that's wait the one, that's yeah, one oh the, yeah. i'm on spotify sorry yeah. it's on the bottom oh i'm sorry I'm a... <laughs> yeah, that's literally like yeah one of his top three songs it's literally on the on my the bottom of my playlist maybe the, uh, the honestly that was the song when greg told me about this album i was like oh tiktok i, <laughs> I know the song because of tiktok i yeah. love that song I, see, I cannot I stop I was... listening to that song yeah i'm a happily married woman with a child <laughs> and i'm like oh let's fight Let's fight. And I'm gonna I'm gonna drive away and I'm gonna come back in the middle of the night. Yeah. See, I thought I was gonna Spotify, hate that song because two. of it being like a TikTok song. I'm so serious. What, what number was I'm it? I'm so two. serious. Spotify number two. Okay, what are, go what are the second yourself, one? Daniel. What the second one? I, I was gonna let her have that because I listened to it on Spotify. Listen, I also listen listen to that was me. one of the first two songs. Hold that on, I was everybody. About that, yeah, fucking chill for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're explicit. There's no way any of our episodes would have made it. No, Judy, we can we can never cuss on here please don't cuss <laughs> um but while, while you while you Talks look that up i thought i was gonna hate last night 
because of it being like the TikTok song yeah. and everything. But then when I actually listened to it on the album, I was, I was like, oh, okay, this, this, it's, it's pretty good. And I, I didn't mind it. No, I I agree with. Sorry, Jim. I agree with the <laughs> fact too. that like the album is way too long. He also released a double album, which was like thirty six to thirty eight songs, which mm. was already too long. And he was like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> <laughs> not a good idea move but i did what you did greg where i listened yeah. to it like quarter like almost quarterly mm-hmm. and it's it, probably the best album he's released by far this At also least. sounds negative but has he had any number one songs on this album he has like four he songs like, in yeah. the top 10 right now okay <laughs> yeah because like, like, if you put album out, is, if you put out 36 yeah. songs you don't get one of them to be number <laughs> well, one something ha- something has <laughs> that's to gotta stick. be demoralizing yeah. yeah something has to stick right? I, I don't yeah. think he's number one right now but i'm pretty sure i saw because i was checking for something yesterday or today that he has three songs in the top 10 so it also seems like if he would just release the songs he had a hand in writing he'd have a normal length album yeah yeah, yeah, fourteen, fifteen. So. But I also get it. Like, release thirty six songs. One of them's gonna be a home run. Like, you have, you're gonna throw thirty six shots at something. One's going in for yeah. sure. Just going the spaghetti so method. Like, I get it. Yeah, something's sticking. It's a pure number game. Shot. It's smart. Yeah. Well, you know he's not in there for the money because that could have been two albums. When true. you have thirty six songs, it could have been three. It could have been yeah, three twelve yeah. albums. Because a made lot the of the albums we're three covering movies. on this are only like ten to twelve tracks. Did you just make so. a Lord of the Rings reference? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna keep that going. <laughs> do, do you want to do you want to uh, ex- uh, explain that further? Just that, you know, like when you got like one book's worth of material and you stretch it across a couple movies, like the quality goes down, right? Like so, you know, maybe he only had fourteen songs that were good. Maybe we're looking at this the wrong way. Maybe he's releasing all of this in a row so that he can take a break. <laughs> Because I would need a break after that. That's all but, I but, it, but if that was the case, wouldn't you record, get all of them ready to go, and then only it, release, yeah, release one of them, wait a year, release yeah. the second one? Wait well, no, because normally when you have those kind of releases, you have to do press and tours. And if you release it all at once, you mm. just do the one tour, mm. and then you can take your break. Say, yeah. Yeah. Next next one's going to release 45. <laughs> just keep going up 100 100 songs i don't, do, I don't do a damn thing for seven years now <laughs> count me out they're all, all 45 that. seconds long <laughs> count me out. they're actually more of like country feelings more than they are songs at this point <laughs> yeah I think, i'd like to think he was like in a room with someone they're like there's not one or two of these that you, you could just like maybe cut like they're all 10 no. they're all going on there no i think it's the other way his producers were like Listen, you need to pick your favorite 12, and he's like, they're all going. <laughs> all of them. All are going. Or he actually had like 45 of them, and they cut it down. <laughs> that honestly might have been yeah. what happened. I wrote 55 songs for this thing. Yeah, 36 was a compromise. <laughs> yeah, like, you just did this the last time. Can we chill the fuck out? Does Morgan Wallen have a self-editing problem? Like, he just thinks everything's good. May, uh, he, he might him, he might have some type of like uh, ego complex or something where it's like anything that comes let's, out of him let's is, allege is that he has a personality disorder <laughs> <laughs> this is on the record all of it <laughs> we clearly said allegedly <laughs> I said I alleged I alleged yeah. we're covered we're covered yeah we're covered yeah. Yeah. yeah I was gonna say usually it's me making the, the bold statement <laughs> as long as you put alleged in there you can say pretty much whatever you want it's, it's the same as uh, with all due respect Oh yeah, <laughs> I 100 percent back that statement. If you say with all due respect, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, yeah with, with all, all due respect, that's true. With all due respect, go fuck yourself. Oh, that's rude. 
More takeaway, right? You'll, you'll be hearing from my legal team. <laughs> <laughs> it's the low hanging fruit in this group, <laughs> with all due respect. And then, uh, speaking of uh, editing and cutting songs out of an album, uh, want to kind of cut away from the albums real quick to jump back to Logan, um, because Linkin Park just actually did release another unreleased song. And I was gonna let uh, Caleb and Logan here take take the reins on that. I, I'm gonna let Caleb go first. Okay. I'm gonna let Logan go first. <laughs> you guys gonna kiss? It brought me back to 2003. It really did. Yeah. The second the I, song I started playing, today, yeah, yeah. it was just beautiful. And I watched an interview with Mike Shinoda, and he had mentioned that he recorded his part of the song and thought they scrapped it after his recording. He didn't realize mm. that Chester had put in vocals for the chorus. Like ever? Like, in, like he, until Until like fairly now? recently. Oh, like okay. maybe not now, but like right, right. within the recent past. Yeah. He found out that Chester, since Chester's passing, that, yeah. he, that Chester had put vocals on it. Ah, uh, okay. So then well, I heard that before I listened to the song. Yeah. So then I go into the song just already emotional mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. And it yeah. just, right to 2003, yeah. I was in my room mad at my parents again, and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> and and I didn't have to do like uh research to find out what album it was going to like as soon as the instruments pick up you're like this is definitely was meant to be a meteora song was it yeah so I, I actually I'd let you go because I actually didn't get to listen to it yet but oh uh, yeah so that I, I thought on my everyone list. you would have been no, you would have been I on that to. yeah it, it was one another unreleased track from meteora yeah yeah to get back to our albums uh let's see the next one we want to cover. I know this one kind of sparks a little bit of uh, debate amongst our group, so let's try to knock it out. Uh, we're going to cover Paramore's. This is why. Well, here's the thing. I love Paramore. I was a scene kid back in the day. I had Crush, Crush, Crush on my MySpace. You know how it is. <laughs> I think Haley Williams is phenomenal. I think her voice is phenomenal. But this was a swing and a miss for me. If we're talking about, it, it was I am boring. So glad to hear it was that. boring. Yeah, I liked uh, this is why the first song, and then the rest was kind of just like this. All kind of sounds very similar. It I, wasn't exciting. It wasn't, yeah. and I hate to say that. And I mean, like, boo, tomatoes, tomatoes, throw tomatoes at me. I don't care. It was boring. For Paramore, be- it was boring because I heard this is why first, and I didn't like it. Oh. I went into the album already uh, like this. See, I think the reason that I liked the album wasn't necessarily for. Whether I thought each song was like catchy or like whether I was that into it, but like just the the sound of the album was really well done. Oh, like it's because it's got that folk sound, and you like oh, the folk sound. Oh, <laughs> I I misrepresented one song one time, and I'll never live it down. Know, yeah. <laughs> choking chicken <laughs> one time. Why are we talking about choking chickens? <laughs> That's so, not allowed. No. <laughs> very clean guitar tone, very even guitar tone the entire time. Obviously, yeah. Haley was killing it the entire time. Yeah. And a couple of songs are fun. Like, so this is why is the mm-hmm. standout. I mean, right. rhythmically, it's great. And then a couple of songs are fun. Like, I related to Running Out of Time pretty well okay. because it was a song more or less about the the whole situation where you say you're going to, oh, I ran out of time. I can't do this. I can't run. But it's, it's pondering, like, did you run out of time or are you just like a selfish dick about things? It literally uh, says, you know, am, am I just a selfish prick? Right. right. And so it's like, I think it's a something that a lot of us suffer from see i i find this uh this interesting because it's like the roles are reversed here i really thought as a paramore fan judy here was going to be completely on board with it but i'm almost relieved because not to say that i'm a paramore fan but like i I can enjoy them from time to time and when i listened to this i was like the title of the album is perfect like like 
this is why like i i didn't know why they were putting this out like it, mm. this was not a fucking paramore album i think i've come to terms with i'm a Haley williams fan not necessarily a paramore fan uh, but i, I was thinking the exact the same thing i liked it for the songwriting yeah i i don't know like and and not to say that it like it was it was trash like i i know there's been a couple times i've said it was trash and everything but it's just i don't know it wasn't what i was looking for it wasn't what i was excited to listen Mm -hmm. to if that makes any sense like it was just like another artist like kind of taking like a step outside of what they normally do and not that it was a swing and a miss on like how well it was done it was just i thought it was a swing and a miss based on the crowd that's going to be listening for it. maybe that's why i can get into this album because like as, as close as i come to paramore is misery yeah. business? Yeah, because it's it's the yeah. best song they have. But yeah. Yeah. it's a culture hit. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I agree with Greg wholeheartedly. When you expect Paramore, that's not what you expect because typically mm-hmm. they're exciting and dynamic and yeah. fun, and there's a lot of like joy that you experience as well as like mm-hmm. the angry girl shit, which I'm obsessed with. And that wasn't. It was just kind of like, all right. Yeah, see- it wasn't bad, but. And I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier in the episode, yeah. like when I was younger, I hated when bands branched out. Mm-hmm. And as I grew older, like I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was not one I liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a it was a dead branch. <laughs> it, was- it, it reminded me of when <laughs> bands release things that they don't necessarily want to release. So mm-hmm. it feels okay. like it was like it wasn't a hundred percent effort. Like they like kind of like the songs. They didn't know I if see, they were forced almost. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Like, sometimes like they the needed to release an album. Al- yeah, kind of like yeah. they needed to release an album to make money. It, they they're like contract. We have kind yeah. of some songs, but we don't. Well, when was their when were their last one? Like twenty sixteen, maybe. Probably the last one that hit the chart. Like yeah, it was long charts. enough. It was long enough ago that I I read interviews associated with this this release, and they they kept saying that people kept asking them like, I thought you guys like were broke up. Like they didn't think people they were together anymore. Oh no! Yeah. Like well, they they've been opening for Taylor Swift, well only for part of her the beginning oh, okay. of her tour. Not to be that guy, yeah. but I mean with an album release, Second I feel like Taylor that's Swift pretty album. clever. As well as like touring with probably the biggest artist. Yeah, in the world right now. I mean, I, I now that you say that because because I didn't I didn't know that you were touring with her, but uh, this album would probably actually do really well with a Taylor Swift. Crowd. No, 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 baby, no. Become Australian all of a sudden, Australian or British? Also, somehow this podcast always comes back to T. Because I'm a super fan. I'm a super fan. Only when Judy's here. Some would say a stan. I'm a I stand Taylor Swift. Yes, and also the the music world revolves around around Taylor at this point. <laughs> Shut your dirty mouth! Oh God, the best. Taylor I drink Swift's, her bath water. The, okay, <laughs> I love to the best Taylor Swift song. Love to was actually a song sang by I Prevail. So I didn't. What did you say? I said the best Taylor Swift song was Blank Space, and it was actually sung by I Prevail. So that's what I'm sticking with. Yeah, mm, top. I mean that's not the best Taylor Swift song. It's probably top five on 1989, but that's not on my business. Was that released in the Actually, first quarter of 2022? What? No, Midnight's was released in October 2022. And everybody that had to release an album after, good luck to you. Sorry about that. Try to match it. Wait, we're not talking about Taylor right now, but I do have opinions. <laughs> we'll, do a, we'll do a side episode where it's just me. 
<laughs> Talking about what I think and my thoughts. This is Patreon content. <laughs> yeah, this bonus episode. Which Lana Del Rey is also featured on Midnight's on Snow on the Beach, who also dropped an album, Justice for Lana, on this podcast. And I said what I said. Did you want to get into that album at all? Yeah, as a sad white girl, absolutely I do. <laughs> as a sad white girl, I would have never guessed that you enjoy Lana Del Rey and Taylor Swift both. They're, Weird crossover. They're friends. They're friends. She's part of Taylor Swift's squad. Yeah, that's a whole thing. Not surprised at all. Yeah, and Lana is, again, on Midnight's. Mm. She's featured on Midnight's on a song called Snow on the Beach. So I did How slow is that song? It's yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So I wasn't aware that Lana released a new album. What's it like? Um, very slow, very sad. Play My favorite song. Well, I played it for Daniel actually earlier, just be, so he could have a little, a little taste. Um, it is classic Lana. Her lyricism is incredible. Do you guys listen to Lana at all? Is anybody familiar with her work? Um, I have to admit that I I am not very familiar. No. No. I've listened to what's on the radio, and that's about right, it. Right, 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 right. I know right, she right. exists. She only... does have a song with uh, Bleachers, which again is that synth vibe that we've been talking about this entire thing. I feel like they do. I, am I feel like they do the synth vibe with. in a different way, though. Like yeah. it's not it's not full on eighties dance music. Because I got, actually that was the one song that we listened to earlier that I appreciated, mainly just because the production's different. So like he changed the way that a, a lot yeah, of songs. Yeah, because Jack Antonoff's yeah, a he's genius. Yeah. He's a production genius. Yeah. What was the name of the song? Um, with bleachers. Hold on, yeah. let me look. Because if it's got that '80s synth vibe, I it's, my body moves. To I, it. I can't control it. My body just moves. So I'll be interested. In that. Can I get a little something? Go see a little something. Well, maybe that's Patreon content. <laughs> so are we actually deep diving into this album right now? What's happening? Like we can. It's called Margaret. Sorry, I thought it was, I thought it was Marjorie. That's a Taylor Swift that's, song. Sorry, <laughs> in the same. I mean. So real quick, since you. you seem to know, who's T Swift's entourage? Oh Lord! <laughs> well, buckle in, everybody. Um, right now, say, or just <laughs> okay, never mind. Never mind. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of highs and lows. There's a lot of people that were close, people that aren't close anymore, solely because um, people that were around her for clout, as well as she acknowledged, like she was around these people for her own, like she felt like she had to be this person. But, you know, she's still besties with Selena Gomez. Jack Antonoff, which is Bleacher's fun, the band fun. If you're familiar, like we are young, one of my favorite bands of all time. He's an incredible producer and he's really good friends with her and does a lot of work on their album. One of the better live shows I've ever seen. Uh, Gosh, Haley Williams is one of Taylor Swift's best friends. Like she has a bunch of very famous besties. But again, we could do a whole episode on this. If anybody out there is interested... Let me know. Email in. Judy's Corner. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please email in at uh, egbdfpod at gmail.com. If we get one listener email, we'll do one Judy's Corner. 20 minutes long. That's, that's Get in it. the moody with Judy. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. All right. Okay. It's going to take five emails now. I hate that that five, was a, I hate that that was a great idea. Emails. And they've got to be good emails. I want them I want them like formatted. I don't want just like garbage emails to give us. So I shouldn't make a Gmail that's not Judy at so that's going to do it for part one of our quarterly review. We thought about it back and forth if this should be one big episode or split into two smaller ones. And at the end of the day, we didn't want to throw too much at you at once and pull more than Wallen. 
So tune in next week for part two of our quarterly album review.